Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You walk in the counsel of the ungodly, before long, you're going to be standing in the way of sinners. You slow down a little bit. You're like, yeah, hmm. And then before long, if you're not corrected or if you don't correct it, next thing you know, you've settled in it. Now you're seated with the seat of the scornful. Just like this whole thing, there's a desire. Then the sin comes. And when that continues on, there's ultimate death. And you know what? There's nothing worse than living a Christian life always feeling guilty about something. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's edition of Truth in Christ. Today we learn that by giving into temptation, we give up our freedom in Christ. As Christians, we know that we have freedom in Christ. We know that this is the only freedom that is real and absolute. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob challenges us to be aware and give up those things in our lives that continually bring us pain through temptation and sin. James tells us that we are drawn away by our own desires. Our freedom in Christ will give us the power to resist those desires and stay within the will of God in our everyday lives. Here's Pastor Rob with this important teaching. Have a, be free from all that stuff that we see. Does it have an effect on you at all? I believe it does. I believe it does. But you are of God, little children, John says, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hmm. You know, be real careful. You know, in Galatians, you know, sometimes in temptations we... Uh, try to reach out and help people. And if you're an alcoholic, say, and you want to help somebody else who's struggling with alcoholism, and maybe you've been dry for a while, be real careful. Because you could go to that person and say, you know what, brother, I understand. I've been there. I understand that and the thing you struggle with. And you've got to be really careful. Because you might not be strong enough to, to deal with that. You know, in First Corinthians, or I'm sorry, in Galatians chapter six, it says this: "Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted." There's our word again: internal temptation. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. Beware if you've got a problem. And, and somebody, if you go to that alcoholic and he's like, you know what, I'm having a real struggle. You know, let's just have a beer. Let's just kind of think, talk about this over a beer. 
And then the brother who was struggling with it now says, yeah, it's okay. We got, we're a guy. He's got a grace. And then you do that, and then you're in it again. Off you go into your abyss. Whatever it may be, be real careful. In verse 14, he says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. His own desires. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says this. You might want to write it down. It says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And I love this. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But here it is. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What do you do when you are tempted? When you are right at the edge. And for some reason, the temptations that usually get us, that I've seen in people that I know and in my own life, and in my own life, is you see anger. How do you, what do you do when you're about ready to be Mount Vesuvius and, and be angry? What do you do when you're about to take that drink, when, you're, when your body is just vibrating because you're just like, i got to have this thing? Whatever it may be, it could be pornography, could be drugs, could be alcohol, could be anger. What do you do when you are in the fire and you're feeling it and you're like the urge is coming upon you to do it? Well, you better pray. You better resist it. James says in chapter 4, he says, Submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I said this last week, but I'll say it again. Run if necessary. Do whatever you've got to do, and consider the things, uh, that, that, that the consequences of caving into that. You know, consider the judgment of God. Consider what he did on the cross for you. And then consider how good God has been to you. To me, when I am tempted, I've got some decisions to make. Do I love this thing more than I love God? Sometimes I, I like to think about if I wasn't a believer and, and I didn't put this under the blood, I'd be, I'd be going to hell for this thing. I need to consider the judgment of God and the judgment that was placed on Christ. That alone is going to hit me right between the eyes and go, you know what, whatever this is, I just got to fall on my face and hold on until the, whatever it is passes. The anger, the frustration, whatever it is that has got you, you better hold on and don't cave in and it'll pass. And then you'll be like, oh, I'm so thankful I didn't give in to that. Because you think about the judgment of God. You think about how God has been so good to you. I love to think about that when I'm tempted to do something. I'm like, God, you've been so good to me. Why would I ruin it on something so stupid? For some flash in the pan thing, why do it? Why give it up? And consider your new birth. If you're born again, consider that, what it took to, to the Holy Spirit to save you. You know, David, well, let's look at verse 15. It says, Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. I'd like you to underline three words. Underline desire, Underline sin and underline death. Because when you have a desire, the desire itself could be sinful. But when you wrap, when you combine that with an opportunity, now you've got the ingredients of sin. You may have a desire, but you've never had the ability to work it out. You may never had the opportunity to exact upon that sin. But you know what? God has a funny way of working these things out. And the devil will certainly find a way because his design is to trip you up and to destroy you. 
you can still be a Christian and still struggle with something and, and, and you know, uh, because it's a part of your life you haven't given up completely to, to Jesus. But give it over to the Lord. When that desire is met with an opportunity, has it ever happened to you? You've had a desire and all of a sudden the golden opportunity, whatever it is, is right in front of you and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the thing I've always wanted to do is right here in front of me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You better turn. It gives birth to sin. You know, when you think about an egg and a sperm, you know, conception, that's when it occurs, right? The desire, think of it like the desire and the opportunity. When they come together, it gives birth, he says. When those things have conceived, it gives birth to something, and it's called sin. When the desire and the opportunity come together, we sin, and that's the product of, of those two things, is sin. And ultimately, when that thing is fully grown and fully matured, and I continue going with it for most of my life, ultimately it can lead me to not only a physical death, but a spiritual death. That's why it's so important to always confess, to take John, first chapter, uh, uh, first John chapter 1, read that over and over again, and continue to confess. No matter how much you have been falling into a certain area of sin, you must confess it, and you must continue to repent of it. Turn away from it. Give everything you got. Have you resisted unto blood, Jesus would say? Or Paul would say? Have you resisted unto blood, the bloodshed? Resist it. Don't give into it, whatever it is. And every one of us in this room have something. You may, your thing may be anger. Your thing may be unforgiveness. Your thing may be drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever it is. There's something in each one of us that we're still like, man, God, I just want to kick this thing. Think of this, these three words and run from them. You know, in Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinner, sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. If you would look at those words in that first verse, who, stand, who walks in the counsel of the ungodly, who stands in the seat of the scornful, or I'm sorry, who stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of the scornful. You compare those with this, the desire, the sin, the death. First, I'm walking. I'm walking. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Before long, you're going to be standing in the way of sinners. You slow down a little bit. You're like, yeah, hmm. And then before long, if you're not corrected or if you don't correct it, next thing you know, you've settled in it. Now you're seated with the seat of the scornful. Just like this whole thing, there's a desire. Then the sin comes. And when that continues on, there's ultimate death. And you know what? There's nothing worse than living a Christian life always feeling guilty about something. Will you confess it today? You have to be free of it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. You must be free today. And God, he's, Jesus says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. If you've come with a bunch of guilt and a bunch of stuff that you've done, there's no need for you to walk out of here with that baggage. He wants to take the baggage from you, but he's not going to force you. You've got to be willing to lay it at his feet and say, God, I, I bring all of this stuff before you. Here it is. I'm, not a, I'm ashamed of it. It's ugly, and I hate it. Take it. Burn it. Consume it, God. 
Give me a new heart. Give me a, the, the fortitude to, to go on in, this, in the spirit of God. If you're, if you're a Christian, you have that strength now that you've never had before. You can now resist it. You no longer have to be a slave to the devil in your passion. You can be free. Be free. Confess often and let it happen. Let it happen. Because Romans 6.28 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin. That's what you get for sinning. When you sin, what you get is a reward. It's death. But the gift of God, something that he freely gives to you, you don't have to earn it. It's not a wage. He gives you the gift, and that is eternal life in Jesus Christ. In verse 16 through 17, he says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I love that. God gives good gifts. And I think about the context with which this is in, in relationship to temptations. Because God allows things in our lives as trials. The devil works on those things that are in us to provoke us to sin. But do you know that every good gift is from God? The things that God wants to give you are truly good. They're not going to... If, God, if, the, if the source of the gift is from God, it's going to be something that you can handle. It's something that he's going to give to you, and it's going to be a blessing. It's not going to lead you into sin. And they're only good gifts. You know it's not a good gift when there are strings attached to that gift. Oh, I'm going to give you this, but I need you to you know, help me out with some other things. Well, well that's, that's illegal. Oh, I know, but you know, if I give you the, you know, the three grand to pay off your loan, you, know, I mean, you, could, you could really help me out here and just doing this. Nobody will know about it. What? Strings attached. Is that really a good gift from God? No, a good gift from God is when he gives it and he says, I just give it to you. <laughs> I give it to you free of charge. Enjoy it. And your heart is such that you're not so consumed with envy and you're not so consumed with lust in the sense of, you know, uh, idolatry, where he can give you the gift. You know, some people can't be given something really nice because their heart is just like, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. God gives it to you. He can't give it to you. You know, my daughter made this funny thing, and I hope she's not in the room, is she? She said this to me one day. She goes, Daddy, if I can, you know, because we were talking about God giving good gifts. She goes, if I prayed to God to give me a 400-pound chocolate bar, would he give it to me? And I said, I hope so. Your mother really loves chocolate. <laughs> no, but I said, honey, think about it. God loves you, right? Yeah, I know he does. And he only gives good things, right? Yep, that's true. Well, if he gave you that 400-pound chocolate bar, what would you be doing all night? You'd be gnawing on it in your bedroom. You know, slobber all over. Have you done that when you had those little Easter ear, you know, chocolate things when you were a kid? And you, they were solid back then. Now they're hollow because times are tough. But when they were hard, you could bite, you could be gnawing on that thing for a week. And you set it down under your bed, you know, with dust and everything. And you pull it out the next night. <laughs> See, you've all done it. I'm so glad. I'm not the only one. But he gives perfect, his gifts are good and they're perfect. He wouldn't give her the chocolate bar because it would make her sick. 
He wouldn't give somebody a gift that's going to cause them to, to, to sin because they have an issue with that particular thing. But God can entrust to you a really good gift because he knows your heart. And he says, you know what? I couldn't give this to you 30 years ago, but you're ready. And I can give it to you now, and you're going to give me the glory. And it's not going to harm you. It's going to be a real blessing to you. A real blessing. Don't you love real blessings? They're just, they're easy and it's just like the, it just falls out of heaven and lands on your head, and you're like, God, I am so unworthy. And you know what I especially like? <laughs> Is when God does something like that on a day that maybe I failed. Maybe a day that I have done or said something wrong, and I know it, and I'm dealing with it, and then that very day he blesses me with something that I could never have deserved or merited, and he does it, and I'm just like, man, are you really that good? You knew I was going to be saying this thing, doing this thing, whatever it may be, this sin. I was dealing with it today, Lord, and, and today is the day you pull it out. You, let, you give it to me, something else, you know, unrelated. Are you really that good? And he is. He's that good. He's always drawing you. He always wants to draw you closer. That's just the way he is. Take the gifts, good gifts, and you'll know they're good because... They're not, there's no strings attached. There's no evil behind them. There's no evil motive coming from them. It's just all the Lord is laying it at your feet. I've been a beneficiary of some of that. I can tell you it's really good. Warren Wearsby said this. He says, God's gifts are always better than Satan's bargains. Satan never gives any gifts because you end up paying for them dearly. It's true. The gifts that God gives are good. Let's end with this. Sometimes the good gifts can be the difficult things. Just a few more moments and we'll be done. Thank you for your patience. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, let me just read to you verses 1 through 10 because Paul sees this issue that we're going to read about as a gift. It can be a gift. He says, it is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, it is, doubtless, it, is, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up into the third heaven. We believe this is obviously Paul speaking of himself. He goes, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. Again, it's kind of a mystery what happened here, how God revealed things to him. But he says, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast. Yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above that which he sees me or hears from me. He goes, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart from me, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul saw that this 
thorn in the flesh that he had, because of all the things that God had shown him, it would be very easy for him to be puffed up in pride. And that's usually what happens to us. when, If God didn't allow some of these things in our life, you know, a good gift sometimes is a gift that one who loves you gives you, and it may not seem like a gift at the time. It may, be, it may hurt a little bit, but he's like, you know what, I've got to do this because I know you. <laughs> but the motivation is love. You know, I've often prayed for my wife that God would heal her from being diabetic. And he hasn't healed her. So I have to believe and I trust that God knows what he's doing. And that has been, whether she realizes it or not, is a gift. You know, and only he knows, only he knows her heart and he knows what needs to happen. And you know, many of you are going through the same things. You may have been diagnosed with cancer recently. You may have lost a job, lost a loved one, whatever it may be. Could it be a gift? Is it always the devil's fault? Is it God working out far abundant grace in you than he's ever worked before? And this could happen no other way than by this gift. Those are the hard ones to receive, but God does it again out of his love. We don't know what he's doing always. Why do you lose a son or a daughter? You know, those are questions that defy answers. No human can give you an answer. But I believe God will. He will reveal that in due time to you. And blessed are you if you get that answer early, because then you can glory like Paul in the affliction. You can say, you know what? You've wounded me, but you did it for my good. Because you know me, God. You know my situation. You know my heart. You know my propensity. You know what I'm capable of. And maybe you're just doing this to keep me in a good place. Because without that, Lord, I would be arrogant. Without this thing, God, I would be a fool. Without this thing, God, I would think that I'm something. Without this, God, I couldn't grow. I'd still be a baby in the faith. But now, because you've done this, you've done it for a good reason, let him do it. Don't be afraid. It's never easy. And don't let the devil push you around when you're tempted to sin. Remember who it is that you are in Christ and what has been done for you by him. Amen? Let's stand. Lord, we thank you for these verses, and Lord, how they do challenge us, how they, Lord, just bring us to our knees, Lord. I know this is not easy. Um, Father, we pray you go before us and just help us today, Lord, to trust you in all circumstances. Lord, whether they are trials from without or temptations from within, Father, we pray that we'd be found faithful. And as Jesus retorted to the devil, Lord, in every temptation, he used the word of God. Lord, help us to do the same. Help us to not give our flesh one inch. Help us to not allow these things. And help us to remember who we are. Lord, earlier we read from Ephesians, Lord, and from First Peter, we are your chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Lord, we are priests unto you. Lord, these are awesome responsibilities. These are awesome 
privileges that we get, Lord. May we always think of these things. And Lord, help us to think above and not beneath. Help us to think on things in the heavens, to think of good things, Lord, and to leave all the base things that we've had so much practice in. Help us to put those things aside once and for all and forever. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until the same time on Monday, this has been Truth in Christ.